It's a dismantling in St. Louis. Who is next? We will talk about that and so much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am one of your co-hosts, Brett Holden from Locked On Oilers, and with me as always on Tuesdays, Dane Lewis from Locked On Stars. Dane, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. We have uh, more silliness to talk about today, so... Always, uh, always in a good mood when we get to talk about some some trades, even if it is five or six days late. Because, like we said before, we hit record. The the Blues just hate hate this show and hate us specifically making these moves a day or two after we record these Western Conference episodes. <laughs> exactly, doesn't yeah. make sense. They're, they're listening. They go, "Oh, how about a move on Friday? <laughs> how about a move on Thursday?" So we can't ever talk anything topical. But we are going to talk about the St. Louis Blues, as mentioned. They did make another move over the weekend, as Ryan O'Reilly finally getting sent away from the St. Louis Blues over to the Toronto. I almost said Blue Jays. The Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> it's almost spring training is here. Come on. Uh, he went off with Nola Chari. We will talk about who is next for the St. Louis Blues. And could there be another fish in the sea for St. Louis? Maybe I might spring a name on you here, Dane. That may be a little suspicious. We will talk about that in just a second. But also on today's episode, we're going to head over to Chicago. As we have news over Jonathan Taves concerning his trade, whether or not he will be traded. There is some concerning news as well surrounding Jonathan Taves. But how does that affect Patrick? Kane and the rest of the potential trade pieces in Chicago. We'll talk about that a little later on and we'll wrap up with more trade talk. Why haven't the rest of the Western Conference started chipping in with some of these moves considering how wide open the Western Conference is? All that much more on today's episode of Locked on NHL. Thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Already enough of me teeing up today's episode. Let's get right into it. Ryan O'Reilly to the Maple Leafs along with Nola Chari. It seems like the whole place in St. Louis is about to go bonkers. Who's the next one out the door? Dane, let's be straight up. Who is the next one out the door in St. Louis? It's a great question, and there's still a few guys out there, and, and one guy in particular, and maybe this is who you were thinking of, who I've even still heard rumblings and even heard some, you know, some pieces here and there on Twitter that this guy could have maybe even been in the Toronto deal. Ivan Barbashev is a, a UFA at the end of this season, two point two five million dollar cap hit, not super expensive, veteran presence on the team could probably provide some value somewhere. If I if this is just a, a shot in the dark, if the Blues are going to continue to make moves, a guy like Barbashev is probably who I see going next. But there, there's a few other guys as well. Uh, 
that they have as UFAs and RFAs, but they're, they're a little bit farther down the roster. So they, those might not be guys that you see get moved. But Barbashev, I think, is a big enough name that he, he certainly could draw the eye of some teams looking to add some depth. So I have an interesting thing on Barbashev. I'll mention that in a second. Uh, but I do have another name that I was thinking of. I'll mention them as well in a second, but let's get back to Barbashev. I heard that Barbashev might bring in another top round pick for the St. Louis Blues, which would mean in the next two years, between 2023 and 2024, the St. Louis Blues already have nine picks in the top three rounds, including three in the first round of this season's draft. If they could, or this year's draft, excuse me, if they could add another top round pick to already nine in the next two years, that is a great accurement of assets. And I'll tell you why in just a second. We'll get back to that. We Let's talk about another player who might get out of uh, St. Louis. Not a UFA, not an RFA. In fact, he's starting the first year of an eight-year contract in St. Louis. How about Colton Pareko? I think Colton Pareko could see his way out of there. I mean, he's 29 years old. They're building around younger players and uh, uh, Robert Thomas and uh, Jordan Cairo, maybe even toss Jake Neighbors in there. Could you get another asset in uh, Colton Pareko or from Colton Pareko in a potential deal? I, I think you could. I think there is some value there with you know him being 29 years old, that age where you know maybe not as youthful or as you know agile as he once was, but still some nice veteran presence to have and a guy who's been you know the cap friendly has him marked as an alternate captain. So there's some sort of leadership I'm sure that comes with his role. It's just a matter of who is willing to take on the cap hit now and who's looking to hold on to a guy like Pareko for likely the long term. Because like you said, he has several, several seasons left on his deal. But especially with, you know, all these, uh, it's a lot of big forward names that have been on the trade market with, you know, the guys from St. Louis that have already been shipped out, Bo Horvat, Timo Meyer. The defensemen kind of seem to be coming at a little bit more of a premium. I think Pareko could be a, a pretty good ad for a, some team. I'm not entirely sure who. Which team, especially out West, could be looking to add depth at defense? I know Vegas just had some cap space opened up with uh, Mark Stone going on the LTIR. So maybe Vegas looks to add a little bit of defenseman depth. But, you know, why, why go after a Pareko with, with that money in that term when you have a guy like Chikrin who you might could get a little bit cheaper and maybe you don't have to hold on to him long term? That, that's just my thought on it. But I think the Blues, I mean, if they can find a way to add another draft pick for a guy like Pareko, that's you know, a first or second round pick. I don't see why they wouldn't do it because they're likely going to miss the playoffs. I think especially now that they've gotten rid of two of their biggest players in, in recent franchise history. I think that's kind of a nonverbal way of saying, hey, we're not committed to chasing the playoffs this year. Let's see what we can do next year and start building towards the future. And they've put themselves in a pretty good spot with, you know, their own first round pick in this year's draft as well as New York's, Toronto's, and then they even have, you know, two third round picks. and. They've set themselves up quite nicely, and they could do even a little bit more, like you said, by giving up a guy like Pareko, Barbashev, or really anyone else on this roster. I feel like everyone not named Kairu or Thomas is expendable. Which leads me to my next point. They have these assets. 
but their next core is already here in the NHL. They're already leading their team in points. They're here. So their rebuild isn't really a rebuild. It's more of a retool. Mm -hmm. So you have these assets. You potentially, if you move out another guy in Pareko, you can add even more cap space. You mentioned one of the guys that I was going to mention in Jacob Chikrin, so we can talk about Chikrin. Maybe they can chase Jacob Chikrin as well. Maybe a lower piece and basically a younger, more offensively skilled Colton Pareko in Jacob Chikrin. But there's been a new name that the St. Louis Blues have been tied to in the last, heck, 24 hours. How about Timo Meyer? I've, I've heard this too. And, and at first it didn't make a lot of sense, but if you really think about it, like I, I, I agree. Yeah. They have the pieces. Your your Kai Roos, Thomas's uh, Braden Shin, who isn't a young piece, but a guy who's going to be around for a while, most likely with his cap pit and his term wouldn't be a move to, to go out and win a championship this year, but you let this team continue to build and maybe two, three seasons down the road where we're looking at the blues as one of the most dangerous teams in the league. And I think especially if they can get the goaltending figured out. Because I think that's maybe the one that, that and of course, adding some defensemen as well. But I think that could also come with time, could come with draft picks, free agency, things of that nature. You get a solid goaltender to, or either Jordan Bennington gets back to, you know, what he was doing when they won the cup. You got to get a different goaltender. I mean, this could be a very scary team if they go out and add a guy like Timo Meyer. They have nine picks in next year's draft. They have five. In the top three rounds. We shall see what St. Louis does. We've been calling it kind of here, Dane. We, we've been watching from afar and saying there may be something brewing in St. Louis. And hey, it's happening, unfolding right in front of our eyes. Speaking of unfolding right in front of our eyes, it seems like the last few games of Patrick Kane's career as the Chicago Blackhawk is happening right in front of our eyes. It's kind of sad to see. But with two of the potential trade destinations for Patrick Kane already making some big moves, the market is potentially dwindling for Patrick Kane. Where will he go and where will the other potential trade pieces in Chicago go? Or where Chicago for Chicago? Where will the potential trade pieces for Chicago go? There we go. Take two, take three. Doesn't matter. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to drains threes drained not drained threes well you can that makes sense as well either way let's take a look at some of the lines because we are currently just coming off the back end of the nba all-star break and hey 
Canadian up here. So I know you have down in, well, you have the Mavericks. I was going to talk about the Spurs because, you know, Kawhi, Toronto. Either way, (laughs) let's take a look at the Toronto line this week because they have a massive matchup against the New Orleans Pelicans straight back from the NBA All-Star game. And right now they're currently sitting as the favorites. They don't have no Kawhi, but they got a Scotty Barnes. How about that? That's that's, that's a pretty fair trade-off. No <laughs> not definitely not a bad consolation prize. Barnes is a Barnes is a heck of a player for sure. Oh, and we love them up in Canada. Either way, they are currently the favorites at minus 184 and Zion's Pelicans at plus 154. Is he still injured? Who knows anymore? That guy's always injured. I mean, it's a good bet. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It's also a good bet on betting on if his shoe is going to bust. Either way, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Alrighty, Dane. Speaking of bets, I think it's a safe bet that well, actually, you know what? It's probably 50-50. It might not be a safe bet that Patrick Kane will be getting traded, but we got some news revolving his old, his, his longtime teammate, Jonathan Taze, is he is he has come out saying that he is suffering from uh, long COVID and he does also have another illness that he is currently dealing with and he will not be traded at the NHL trade deadline. So that kind of muddles things for the Chicago Blackhawks, specifically Patrick Kane. We saw him score a hat trick and toss in an assist against the Toronto Blue or Maple Leafs. The Toronto Blue Jays again. What is on my mind? Uh, can you tell we don't talk about the East over here? Um, he, he scored a hat trick and tossed in an assist against the Toronto Maple Leafs over the weekend as well. But it felt kind of melancholy. No, it, it seemed just. Uh, you know, a little nostalgic. What do you make of the whole Patrick Kane situation? And do you think he'll get moved before the March 3rd deadline? I, I keep going back and forth on it. There's days where I think, yes, it could happen. And especially after that, you know, his hat trick performance. I mean, that was a, a vintage Patrick Kane performance right there against a good team. I, I think that that certainly could help his case. I don't think there were really teams that ever or a time where teams were backing off and saying, ah, maybe we don't want him because he's been saying, well, there's all these rumors about the injuries, but he says, no, I'm fine. His agent's been saying he's fine. And obviously he seems to still have something left to offer. I I think the biggest hesitancy is the cap hit because that $10.5 million is hard to work with. I know Chicago could retain some of it, but even then, even if they retain the maximum 50%, you're still dealing with over $5 million that you have to add to your books you're probably giving up prospects, draft picks because the Blackhawks are in a full, not like the St. Louis Blues that are retooling. The Blackhawks are in a full on rebuild. So they're trying to add to the future as much as possible. And, and I think it could happen. I think there's a few suitors out there. I know the stars are still somewhat linked to him. I know it's a tricky situation given their cap space. But I mean, I mentioned nights earlier, and with Mark going on LTIR now, that takes a ton of money off the books. 
And they have several guys on LTIR. Uh, Shea Weber, I guess, is technically there. I know he's not playing anymore, but <laughs> I guess he's on their books somewhere, somehow. Uh, Robin Leonard, LTIR, and a few other players on that list as well. They have just over $8 million in cap space, which isn't enough for Patrick Kane in his own, but that does make it a little bit easier. And I've heard Vegas be thrown out there. There's probably some Eastern Conference teams like Boston, Carolina, that'd be interested in adding him as well. I do think that he eventually does get moved. If that's just me guessing, I feel like Chicago would regret letting his contract end. And then in the summer, in the offseason, if he chooses to go somewhere and they get nothing in return, I, I think, which I know Chicago doesn't really have a ton of say over whether or not he gets traded because of the no move clause. But yeah, I mean, if there's a way for Patrick Kane to get traded and if he shows interest in a team, you, you know the Blackhawks are going to be on the phone with that team trying to strike up some kind of deal so they can get something in return for a guy like Kane instead of letting him walk in free agency in the summer and potentially go play somewhere else. And it's a shame because you see, I mean, you, you've watched Patrick Kane be a, a playoff hero and and really bring hockey back to the forefront in Chicago for a long time. And obviously, Jonathan Taves as well. I also do want to uh, shore up that it's a chronic immune response syndrome that he is uh, that Jonathan Taves is dealing with as well, on top of long COVID as well. So, just wanted to shore that up as well. But to get back to uh, Patrick Kane, it's it, it, it's tough to see because you can tell how much it, it, it matters to him and how much the city and the organization matters to him. And this hasn't been an easy move for Kane. I mean, you see. The the Rangers make the deal for Tarasenko, and you've I genuinely I haven't seen a player respond to a trade like that of another team ever. Go, yeah, like you know, not my favorite move. Like, sorry, like I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I've never seen somebody say that before. Then you see Toronto make the deal for uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and you sit there and go, okay, that's another team potentially marked off. And then now you're seeing some of the teams that he's tied with, and you're like, he would never, probably never, wave his no trade clause to go to some of those places. Why? You know, so I, I feel bad for him, but let's also talk about some of the other players because there's not only one player who might be moved from the Chicago Blackhawks. You got guys like Max Domi. I even heard Seth Jones potentially might be tossed out there. Uh, Sam Lafferty is a name being tossed around. Uh, Jake McCabe as well. Uh, there's a lot of potential moves here and Jonathan Taves not being moved kind of makes it easier for the Blackhawks. But how do you think it affects the other players not named Patrick Kane, not, I don't want to say lower level players, but the players who haven't been with the Blackhawks for X amount of years. I don't think it affects them too much. I think at this point, a lot of them know that several of those players aren't in the long-term plans for the Blackhawks. There's probably a few that are some of the younger guys on the team. But at this point, I think a lot of these guys are, whether Kane's there or not, they're playing for jobs, whether that's jobs with the Blackhawks next season or whether that's jobs with other teams that could pick them up in free agency, that could target them in trades. And just looking at, at this organization right now, I mean, the Blackhawks don't have a forward contract that goes through the 25-26 season. Everyone's either a UFA at the end of this season or you know next season. I mean, a lot of these are guys kind of coming up to the end of their deals. And so... Some of these guys might could get extended, some of the younger guys on the team, but 
And even if Patrick Kane does leave, that opens up more opportunities, more playing time for these younger players to go out and shine and get a new contract, whether that be with Chicago or whether that be with a different team. Because at the end of the day, I think teams and front office, and you hear this all the time, I'm not coining this phrase. I've, I've heard it several times. Teams and front offices tank, but the players never do. I mean, they're yeah. fighting for their lives day in and day out to continue yeah. to get a paycheck playing the sport of hockey. And so if Kane leaves, I'm sure there'd be some guys that'd be disappointed. I'm sure that he's hopefully had had a good impression on some of these young players. I mean, Kane, what, back in the, the mid-2010s was maybe the best player on the planet or at least in the top three conversation. And, and I think that there's some some sort of relationship that's been bonded there with, with a lot of these guys on the team. Could be a little bit of, of a bummer there, but again, some of these guys could also very well be on the move either at this year's deadline or in the summer. So I don't think it affects the guys on the team to too much of a heavy degree. There probably would be some fallout, but I don't think it'd be anything too dramatic. Yeah, no, and, and to go back to your tanking thing, as somebody who watched the Decade of Darkness firsthand in Edmonton, I can attest to that, absolutely. Uh, let's move on. Also, a name that I would be curious to see uh, what happens at the deadline is Tyler Johnson. I know he mm. sits with a $5 million cap hit, but he's he's not a UFA until uh, at the end of next season. So I don't know. I think he still obviously has a lot to, to add to an NHL team. Wonder if he could go somewhere. All righty, let's wrap up today's episode with playoff conversations and why the the Western Conference has not caught up with the Eastern Conference with all the trades that has happened. Why are the Eastern Conference teams getting stronger? What's happening, Wes? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using AG1 because I wanted to better my gut health optimize my immune system, and I wanted to do that without taking a whole bunch of pills every morning. And that's exactly what I get with AG1. So what it what is this stuff? Because is does have an S in it, not TH. Uh, with one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality uh, high vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. All of the things. All while still being lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it is all good for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while still tasting great. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. I would know it is currently in my hand. Uh, Athletic Greens also has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day that is it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens will give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All righty, Dane, let's bring this one home with a little bit of playoff and trade talk. As all the trades so far this year, we've had some pretty fun trades over the last couple of weeks. We've been rather spoiled with Bo Horvat starting it off, heading from Vancouver to the New York Islanders. And then you have Vladimir Tarasenko going from St. Louis to the New York Rangers. And then you got Ryan O'Reilly. Going from the St. Louis Blues to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Three Western Conference teams trading star players to Eastern Conference teams. And you take a look at the standings and things are wide open in the West. And you start to sit there and wonder why. Maybe because some of these teams haven't gotten better and traded. They're star players. In fact, looking back so far at some of the trades this season, the most impactful trade in the Western Conference could arguably be clean Costin to the Edmonton Oilers for Dmitry Samarukov. <laughs> so you sit here and wonder, Dane, what are the Western Conference teams doing? Yeah, that's exactly what I've been thinking. And I get why a lot of these players are going out East and I, I know we're not the Eastern conference episode, but that, that side of the playoff bracket is going to be a bloodbath. And so I get it. You, you want to add key pieces to that roster to help yourself last a little bit longer against some of the best teams in the league. But I, I'm just surprised that the West hasn't really gone out and made a big splash yet because the Western conference is wide open. Dallas and Vegas, both at the top of the respective divisions, 72 points, but the stars, on a little bit of a poor streak, they, they've been really bad since the All-Star break on the power play. They haven't really been able to win games in overtime this season. 12 overtime losses, which I believe is the most in the league. I'm seeing 11 for Calgary and San Jose. Yeah, D Dallas leading the way in overtime losses this season, which is still points earned, but not necessarily good points. Uh, Colorado starting to kind of get back into the mix. But now Kale McCarr is back in concussion protocol. Vegas is always seeming to have players injured, but they're always hanging around the, the Alberta teams, Minnesota. I mean, every team just has stretches where they're up and then they're back down. They're up and they're back down. And so I can't help but wonder why a team hasn't gone out and, and tried to get uh, a Timo Meyer, who I even he is linked heavily to teams like New Jersey. He's probably getting traded out east if he gets traded. And of course, you have to you know deal with no move clauses and things like that with Patrick Kane. I'm just, you know, keep waiting for a Western Conference team to go out and make a move. Because if you go out and add, it does, and I don't even think it has to be a Patrick Kane, a Timo Meyer. It can be a Max Domi, a player who can play in the middle six. Just add some depth, add some pieces to shake things up and try to gain some sort of advantage down the stretch here and put yourself in a better position come playoff time. Because the West is a little bit more wide open. And I think that that side of the bracket is going to be tough as well. Maybe not as brutal as the East, but again, I mean, there's just some teams that are going to make the wild card that 
are going to be barely missing out on a top three division spot. I think Edmund, like whoever out of the Pacific ends up in a wild card spot, which I think is pretty likely that we'll maybe get one representative from each division in the wild card. I mean, I think that they're going to be pretty close to getting that third spot. I know Edmonton and Seattle are really close right now. It's really only, what, a four-point difference between Vegas and Edmonton at the moment? Mm-hmm. I, I just keep waiting. I, I know somebody's going to make a move eventually, and I'm just curious to see who it is and to what extent the, the move is made and how much better that team gets. But yeah, 100%. But you sit here, too, and you go, you look at all these teams and look at the players who are available, the Timo Myers, and you go, Winnipeg might be in there, and, and, and Vegas now might be in there, and St. Louis might be in there. And you go, okay, there's, there's Western Conference teams. And then you go, okay, well, you eventually might end up being uh, a New Jersey devil and you go, okay, well, what the heck? Okay. Well, we let's take a look at Gavrikov. Then, you know, all these teams in the Western conference can use of Vladislav Gavrikov. The Edmonton Oilers need of Vladislav Gavrikov. And it seems like we're just waiting for a parallel move before Gavrikov is a Boston Bruin. And you, then all of a sudden, another player is off the charts for a Western conference team. Starting the year, it seemed like Joel Edmondson was going to be moved to a Western Conference uh, uh, contender here. And now he's injured and uh, off and on the ice. And sometimes he can skate and sometimes he can't. And it seems like he's not going to get moved. So now you, you sit here and are all of these mat, uh, general managers handcuffed? Like, are they not allowed on their phones for a little while? Are they all on their 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 uh, screen time cutting off a certain amount? You can't go past five hours today or, or your eyes are going to get tired. Like, what is what's happening in, in the Western Conference here? You mentioned how close it is. The, at times this past weekend, the Edmonton Oilers had opportunities to be first in the division. And right now they're sitting still four points back, but in a wild card spot. They have been up and down from a third, second, almost in first. And and the Edmonton Oilers, we keep saying they need to make a move. They need to make a move. Now Dylan Holloway goes down to the minors because Holland refuses to make a move. And now he's out for about a month because he gets injured because they don't make a move and they can't have cap space because they decided to bring back Kyler Yamamoto too early. The Dallas Stars, like you mentioned, have 12 overtime losses, 12 loser points, and they still sit a point above the team who just dismantled a red hot New York Rangers team in the the Winnipeg Jets. You sit there and you go, okay, Minnesota is only sitting two points back from Colorado, who Gabriel Landeskog is just now skating for the first time since what? April? Like you sit here and you go, and you mentioned Makar too. There are so many moves that can potentially be made. And Vegas too, they don't even have a goaltender. Their, their, their uh, captain is now on LTIR again. They can make a move too, but they didn't for a while. Like there's so many different things that can go on. And there's still going to be teams who are going to be eaten up potentially by the seller's market or the buyer's market, whatever it ends up being. Some of them aren't going to be able to afford it. Or again, their 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 phone goes. Oh, you're you've been on your phone for too long. Only emergency calls now. Like I just don't understand what's going on in the Western Conference at all. Yeah, yeah, it it confuses me too. And again, I think something will happen eventually. I guess these GMs are just waiting out as long as they can to either see you know if they can get the most bang for their buck, or for the teams that are selling 
to see what they can get in return. And so again, I, I think things will happen eventually, but it's just at that point of the year where the West is really up for grabs. And we, we know that seeding is incredibly important, especially if you're going to get matched up with the Colorado in round one, you want to have home ice advantage in that series. Or, or, you know, I mean, these heavy travel series like last year, Dallas and Calgary, I mean, that is a brutal travel schedule for a seven game series. Mm-hmm. Calgary got to be home for four of those. And that, that could have played a small part in making the difference in that matchup. So I, I think it's just interesting to me that we haven't really seen anyone out West make a big move somehow. You know, Jacob Chikrin has been not playing for the Coyotes, but he hasn't hasn't been traded. I mean, we're going on what almost two weeks now that he's been sitting out for trade related reasons and and hasn't been moved yet. And I feel like a- Oh, we lost Dane halfway through a massive, massive point there. Oh, he's back there. Uh Dane, yeah. let's see if you can <laughs> let's finish your point here and then we'll wrap up today's episode. Oh yeah, let's see. My my internet's been acting up, but yeah, I, I think a move's coming. It's just a matter of when, not really a matter of if. But I know it's probably going to happen tomorrow after we record, and we won't get to talk about it for six days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. When Jacob Chickering gets traded tomorrow, we'll have that's right. That's right. To talk about, I'm sure a whole week later. Alrighty, Dane. Let's wrap up today's episode. Uh, today's been fun. I've liked today's episode. Let's wrap yeah. up today. Where can the people find you? Yeah, same places as always. Locked on stars on Instagram and Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis, my personal Twitter account. And of course, all things Dallas stars on YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform. Just search locked on stars and uh, we'll be we'll be patiently waiting for the stars to score on the power play for the first time since the all star break on Wednesday against the Blackhawks. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we're crossing them over here from the best power play in the NHL. So we're sending some, <laughs> some juju to you. Alrighty, for me personally, you can find me at the real Holden Forty. That is everything. Twitter, Instagram. I'm pretty sure my Brockhampton fan page forum is also at the real Holden Forty. But you don't care about me. You care about the Oilers, and you can find the Locked On Oilers at or on Twitter at Locked On Oilers, and you can find on YouTube as well if you haven't subscribed yet. What are you doing? I always mention the jerseys, but I got fun bandanas too. See? Yeah, exactly. All righty. Let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay safe. Have a wonderful day.